Hey, welcome to episode 83 of the Thoughtcast Conversations about Animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke. I'm coming in from northern Minnesota. Today, I'm joined by two very special individuals. Uh, first off, let me introduce my sister-in-law, Jillian Elke. How, how's it going, Jillian? Hello, hello. It's going very well. Good to hear your voice. And also back from the previous episode, uh, and these two are sharing the same screen together. It's my brother, Dawson Elke. How are you doing, Dawson? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> Great. Yeah, we're uh, separated by somewhere in the neighborhood of like 300 miles or so. You guys are in the Twin Cities. Uh, how's everything down there? It's, it's gorgeous weather up here. So. It's not bad. It's it's muggy. Muggy as heck. How is it up there? Yeah, yeah no, we've, we had some rain today, so the, the humidity is um, right uh on fashion <laughs> well yeah. for the season looking forward to getting up to your neck of the woods in the june month yeah yeah, yeah. well i i'd love to come down and visit at some point too but uh oh, like there's no reason to be here during the summertime <laughs> well um we have like a trip kind of planned. I don't know if, if there's a weekend specific uh, Valley Fair for anyone familiar with Minnesota geography. It's like our six flags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably better, though. It's probably well, it's, it's I think notably cleaner than probably most six flags, although it's not maybe as heavily trafficked. Um, I remember all the ads for Six Flags on like Nickelodeon and Disney Plus made me think that like here in Minnesota, we have off brand. But like if you live in California or New York where Nickelodeon is, uh, then you have like the real roller coasters and the real theme park. But then I've been hearing that Six Flags is actually kind of trash. Well, uh, they can be open year round uh, out there, of course. I don't know. Yeah, I think there are probably some Six Flag branded parks that can't be open year round um, due to climate. But I've, I've been to the one in California, the in Southern California, Valencia. It's, um, you, know, it, it, you know, it's just a d- desert environment. So, you know, it's I don't know. It, it's fine. I, I think um, just it gets compared to things like the Universal Parks and Disneyland and I think that those, you know, do better work just keeping them well maintained and and very fresh. Whereas, you know, Six Flags um, Mystic Mountain, I think, is uh, is what that one's called. Is um, it's it's more just your traditional carnival style theme park. Oh, gotcha. One mm. of them, one of the Six Flags, is home to what is it? The either the tallest or the fastest roller coaster. Yeah, Correct. I mean, is it still the Superman no. or whatever? Is that a thing? Uh, or is it King King Dakas? Uh, I'm feeling like point uh, or something random. Now, not only are we <laughs> sidetracked on a topic that is out of our depth, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the podcast. So Correct. we're we're three for three. Well, um, uh, I mean, star listening. We're talking about, I guess, summer activities uh cedar point is not a six flags which ties oh, cedar in. point cedar that's point. what it is okay all right Forget i've never I heard of cedar that. point you've heard of cedar point yeah oh, oh wow have you been no <laughs> yeah six flags magic mountain that's in um valencia slash santa clarita in, in southern california so okay. yeah it's um 
fun fun time down there and these six flags parks have like uh, deal with warner brothers so they often have like warner brothers cartoon characters themed rides so you get oh. bugs bunny and even like uh the the justice league yeah, characters too you know <laughs> which is why you got a lot of those um six flags rides named after mm-hmm. the comics characters from from dc Gotcha. That would explain it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so we've got some certainly um, discussion related to things like theme parks and summer and vacations. And of course, last week we talked about a quintessential road trip movie, but a new quintessential road trip movie, The Mitchells versus The Machines from Netflix. And this week we're talking um, well, I wanted to uh, indulge you, Jillian, because this is one of your favorite films. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, what, what is this movie? This is a goofy movie. It's one of my favorites. Movie. <laughs> I always forget that it's not called movie? The Goofy Movie. It's, it's a Goofy, it's a goofy movie. movie. Yep. Yep. Yes, a glorious animated film from... Walt Disney uh, in 1995. Um, and yeah, it's it's um, kind of their Disney Toon Studios that uh, I think spearheaded this, but it was a theatrical release. So like, you know, I, I like to list, you know, the uh, official canon of Walt Disney animated features, uh, like how Tangled was like the 50th. Uh, Walt mm-hmm. Disney animated feature, but um, that that list does not include a goofy movie, uh, and there's a, f- a few reasons as to why. Or an it. extremely goofy movie. No, and that wasn't released in theaters. It wasn't. Um, no. <gasps> Shocking. Not. <laughs> but yeah, this I think um, you know a goofy movie was more of kind of their their satellite um, tune studio that did a lot of the stuff for their television uh, is that based roster. out of australia because there was a lot of australia in the credits remember that mm-hmm. it was oh. like our our sydney yeah. and like special thanks to sydney studio mm. staff something or something maybe or they just outsourced a good bit oh that could be too i don't know yeah Let's see disney movie tunes Disney. Um, I'm looking at the production companies here on IMDb. The f- the first three listed are Walt Disney Pictures, Disney Movie Tunes, which is not Australian based, uh, Australia based, and Walt Disney Television Animation. Um, and there very well could have been an, <laughs> a, an Australia unit on this film as well. Um, let's just. Uh, Keep that in the the background as as we discuss the uh, the reasons why we love a goofy movie, and yeah, it was released in April, on April seventh, nineteen ninety five, um, by Walt Disney Pictures. Made a poor impression at the box office, grossing <laughs> seven point six million dollars. Um, it was a film greenlit by the recently fired Jeffrey Katzenberg, but the release was deemed by Disney to be merely a 
contractual ob obligation <laughs> um, <laughs> led to some mixed reviews from critics. I don't know. So no way. Disney wasn't necessarily um, on board with with this movie as much as they could have been. That's so funny. Were they just like too far along working on it to to shut it down? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it wasn't. It probably wasn't going poorly. It was. It was um, on the coattails of the TV show Goof Troop, which Goof. I've not seen. Oh, I haven't either. Hmm. I guess that's my question to kind of like set up the context for when this film came out in 1995. How many films or shows featuring the cast, the Disney cast, um, were like, were anything at that point? Um, well because like obviously none of the main Disney movies that we all know and love have anything to do with the cast of, you know, Donald, Mickey and Goofy, um, you know, their fairy tales yeah. or stories about cars or what have you. It's a very salient point uh, because the, yeah, the animated features do not contain these very famous mascot characters. From As they shouldn't because they're all kind of stupid and terrible. And, <laughs> <laughs> and have an unappealing in every way. That's a hot take. Uh, <laughs> I have no love for Mickey, Donald, and Goofy compared to any of the Looney Tunes or, you know, the fun yeah. cartoon characters who run around and hit each other. Like, <laughs> um, but um, playing Kingdom Hearts changed my mind quite a bit on that. I I do have, I mean, now Goofy and Donald are, they're the boys, you know? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. But well, before, before Kingdom Hearts, I... I I did not care at all and I hated them. That's so funny. <laughs> and these movies or these characters, I mean, they were birthed in the age of very um loose animation, very cartoonish, noodly, yeah, uh rubbery style, you know, animation of the 1920s and 30s. Um Goofy's but the goofy design first appeared in uh, 1932, May 25th, 1932. So it'll be just about uh, 90 years from when this episode comes out. <laughs> wow. Uh, or, or perhaps, um, let's see, May 25th, that's next Tuesday. I'll probably um, have this episode up right around then. <laughs> so yeah, Ex happy birthday to Goofy, May 25th. Wow. He's 90. Um, wow. That means almost 90. Max must be like a grandpa himself then. <laughs> well, <laughs> Max, Maximilian Goof. However, that timeline works. I mean, uh, th this design here of Goofy from the um, the short title. Is it, a, is it a bit unsettling? I, I don't review. have access to it right now, but I'm oh. going gonna, gonna to guess it's, uh, it's on the unsettling side. <laughs> the way he looked at first? Yeah. Yeah, he does not look like himself, but... Hmm. It, it's He looks like an old man. He's basically dressed up like an old man. He's, um, you know, got a... Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see. If I share this with you guys, do you see it? Oh! oh yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, he's like a scary hobo, and is maybe more in, in the like the wolf vein of animation of of characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he uh, was given the moniker Dippy Dog. Dippy, right. Dippy. Yep. 
But he, I think, was eventually designated as Goofy in Goof. the Whoopee Party, also Whoopi from Party. Yeah, September of 1932. Did we watch that one when we watched our? No, I haven't seen okay. the Whoopee Party. We we've Whoopi watched Party. a fair handful of the of the like um of older shorts and stuff like yeah those one where, on the, where they're on the road trip where they're ca- in the camper or whatever i have to bring that camp- one up later too it's called okay. mickey's trailer mickey it's um, a one of the older ones about um mm. they have this camper essentially and mm-hmm. they it like transforms itself into so many interesting ways and they are going on a little road trip and get into some peril while while goofy is driving and decides to go inside the camper for some breakfast because he forgets he's driving and then they almost, you know, fly off the road and, you know, it's a great time. It's one of my favorite older ones. And nice. Yeah. It's and it's a, all Goofy's fault. It is all Goofy's <laughs> fault, of course. I don't recall that. Yeah. The, they had RVs back in the 1930s, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Or maybe maybe it was a just this like out there imaginary invention that they made. Oh my god! Imagine a big car that could fit a duck, a mouse, and a dog all together, (laughs) and you can have breakfast inside. Oh yeah, it's a very basic like, um, just like Twinkie looking, you know, a very round, round, (laughs) just metal ball, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The, like um, a bar of soap pre-airstream kind of 1938 oh wow oh sure yeah it's very egg-shaped yeah that. that's a super fun one that i would recommend <laughs> yeah well um and i mean goofy as a character is very much one of the i don't know touchstone templates for all animation, I would feel, because uh, he he embodies the um, the principles to their maximum. And he's a maximalist character, shall we say, um, because he is just so um, animated. Typically, mm-hmm. you know, it's he, in the name, it's, yeah, yeah, he's just all slapstick all the time. Mm-hmm. So madcap hijinks. In I mean, this movie itself uh feels maybe a, a bit surprisingly subdued uh, and i mean refreshingly yeah so. well <laughs> i mean yeah. it's not long into the film that you're starting to go this isn't a goofy movie this is a sad <laughs> movie <laughs> this is, this is really Definitely. sad yeah um <laughs> like cringe but not in not in like the the millennial way of or sort of gen z way of saying cringe but in the like oh these are really painful real family uh drama sad circumstances yeah <laughs> so um yeah uh mm-hmm. it's not a like easy watch all the time it, it can be stressful and it can be anxious and or mm-hmm be have moments of great anxiety and um the characters sometimes conduct themselves in really uh, deplorable ways particularly max he's just you just want to smack him because he's such an obnoxious teenager um and goofy's just so one like as a dad he's so naive and like loving and kind and you know they're so many dads who'd like be way meaner like way sooner than goofy ever gets and so you're like max how can you 
how can you treat this man this way yeah um, anyway <laughs> uh yeah goofy he's like almost absentee and his just generational distance from max but also he's not like this smothering parent either he's pretty um you know pr- pretty submissive i mean as a as a dad like he's you know his son's room is a mess um so pretty, pretty last eye fair i would say last mm-hmm. if that's if that, that's how you say it yeah and then max is just the absolute embodiment of the 90s <laughs> as a teenager <laughs> yes. as in as is like most of this movie <laughs> right. it's Great. so well, awesome oh we've got a guest we're receiving a transmission <gasps> hey can you hear us Oh my gosh. Hello, everyone. Hey. Hi. Hi. Sorry. I like literally, oh my gosh. I don't even know where I am. If you know where Marple is, I'm like in a parking lot. But here I am. Good to see you. And you sound good. Yeah. Oh, good. I was worried. All right. Well, yeah, we uh, are now joined by Hannah Lee Smart. How are you doing, Hannah? I am so good, you guys. This is such a gorgeous day, a sure sign of summer. So we're all thawing out, and I'm so excited <laughs> to be on the podcast. And I love a Goofy movie. It is so cute. Um, Jody and I actually <laughs> met Max Goof when um, last time we were at Disneyland, and that's oh, no. a pretty rare sighting. So I just love awesome. this movie, oh. and I'm so excited to chit-chat about it. Did you meet a Max Goof uh, mascot or did you meet James Mars, Jason Marsden? Um, I met the real Max Goof, Dawson. Okay, well, I, I think meeting Jason Marsden would be way cooler because he's voiced so many awesome things, but um, How could you even think I would know? <laughs> well, that's right. That's You're a right. real Disney fan and Disney person where like the characters matter to you and it's you know it's a beautiful thing um yes and as much as i know like a a few little ditties i'll never catch up to you and philip on knowing who max goof um, is i feel like i've i've seen this movie twice so same oh really i feel like this movie was like my like childhood like i was power line same yeah (laughs) oh absolutely yeah so Yeah, Jillian has been, our, we, she was always referencing this movie before we finally watched it. And then we watched it now. And I understand why I like. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah. It's, it's kind of legendary. Yeah, it's so iconic. And it's so good to meet you. I feel like I know yeah, some of you your do. movie opinions. Like every once in a while, Dawson will be like, oh, like she likes this or she didn't like that. So I feel like I like know you. Okay. Just based on like your interpretation <laughs> of like random films awesome <laughs> definitely that's good that's good yeah looming large over the thodcast um, mm-hmm. ever since its inception the it's voice been a looming my, cloud my, <laughs> my critical compass in that i base all my decisions off of is what you think <laughs> oh my god no way oh man well anyway <laughs> well anyway we were just talking like we kind of just got into actually the film itself I oh, think perfect. just starting out yeah. yeah well let's get goofy um, i'm ready <laughs> yeah well, it's it is like that time of year where kids are getting out of school um mm-hmm. you know the, things are a bit returning to normalcy now post quarantine so 
I think that traditional experience of like the last day of school, it's such a visceral thing for me. That was like the mm-hmm. most euphoric, like 24 hours of yes. my life for yep. yeah many years sequentially. Uh, I don't know if that, yeah, you guys feel the same way. And Dawson, you oh, yeah. kind of grew up in the platonic ideal of like what a Hollywood, like high school mm-hmm. where it's, it's not very many kids. We had like 50 kids per class in our school. So like, you're not dealing with these huge characters, Ooh. you know? Yeah. New rosters. But yeah. Well, cause the, cause like a lot of, a lot of high school shows that I felt like I watched on whether it was Disney or Nickelodeon. I mean, they, they took place in, in these massive schools that just seemed labyrinthian to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, huge, but yeah, the, like the small town, um, but like very standard, you know, American high school, but also not overly populated, overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there the yes, the I- iconicism that can't be a word. Uh, uh I I uh iconography. I I yeah. The 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 symbology of what the last day of school was um has been uh captured and uh, many times in film and cinema. And I the opening of this film it I, it reminds me of the opening of Reese's Schools Out. That's the other like yeah. super powerful. Oh my gosh, so good! Yeah, such a great nostalgic. Um, perfect captures the the end of the year vibe where um, everyone there they capture how everyone in the whole world is so excited in so many different ways. And um, but then immediately after they leave school, they realize, oh, it's not going to be this a summer like we wanted necessarily. Um, things start to. I guess go downhill for the characters. Um, uh, so, wh- how about the opening number of this one? After today, one of one of three songs, one in of, this, or maybe four. Yes, a goofy movie, the kind of musical. Is this a yeah. movie with music, or is it a musical? I well, it's a Disney movie, so like most Disney movies are inherently musicals because musicals just make movies more fun. Mm-hmm. That's a perspective. Yeah, and yeah. I, well, I was trying to—I was so, trying to think whether or not they needed the music in this. I'm kind of yeah. That's a good and like. Well, I will go to bat for on the open road. Like that is a oh, genuine. Yes. All-timer. I will. I'll probably. I'll honestly go to bat for all the songs. Yeah. Except, um, the one the like, father son makeup song where they're floating on the car, what? which oh, it's like a freaking bop, and it was stuck in my head all day mm-hmm. yesterday. I love it, but it, I think it's the cheesiest one in the whole thing. Uh, maybe. I Yeah, I, I like all these songs, and I'm guessing, Hannah, you do too. And I always like it, all the songs. Yeah, yeah, well, sure. Um, there's probably some song out there in a Disney movie that you don't like, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe one? <laughs> what's, what's the least favorite? Okay, sure. Um, I can't really think of any. <laughs> yeah like as soon as it comes on the playlist like you just have to hit the skip button yeah i mean there's a few like for you philip that'd be that'd be um i just can't wait to be king (gasps) yeah 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 he's he's always hated it it's one of my favorite philip facts that's That's one of jody's favorite songs I, I used to not like the sebastian songs but i've come around on them especially kiss the girl kiss the girl okay I guess yeah. there's like older Disney songs that I'm not like obsessed with. Like I don't like love them, but in general, mm-hmm. I do love Disney. And for me, I love a lot of um, not as much like the movie songs aren't as like nostalgic to me as like the park songs. Like 
I live for the country mm. bear jamboree. Like <laughs> Joey hates it, but when I was a little kid, we used to go to Disney like all the time. Like not in like a spoiled brat way, and like my family's huge, and that's how we like go together way. Um, but we used to go to country bear jamboree, and so that is just something that I live for. Um, and Jody mm. always hates it. Like she's like, we can only go if I get to sit there and I don't have to listen. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like she does not like it, but I live for it. So I love like. You know, like yeah. those hokey pokey folky like grass in your teeth songs, and I love yes. like, the like let let it go songs. And obviously, you know, there's some Disney songs that are like better than others, like I.E. Let It Go, you know, Show Yourself, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I just love all of it. I don't know. There's not really a genre of music I dislike, though. Like I'm just like that weird freak that kind of is like, eh. That's that's good. That's yeah. well. That's a broad taste. You one have day um, I will think of a song I don't like, though Dawson, and I, I in a Disney movie, and I'll you'll be the first to know. Okay. <laughs> um, this, I I'll do a bit of context on the music for this film. Um, yeah. I was hoping the, you would. the score is provided by Carter Burwell. Uh, he's the primary composer. Um, and uh, let's see, Don Davis was hired to rework the score rather than write a completely new one. So Carter Burwell is a, is a fairly prolific composer. I'm pretty sure I'm, um, let's see, composed music for like the, um, the Born Identity. So yeah, I mean, that's like hugely influential. Um, the Blind Side, Breaking Dawn. Um, Mm -hmm. twilight um let's see okay that's something i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> i don't like that. yeah okay. <laughs> and the band played on um yeah yeah he's huge um but that it got a little bit reworked and then davis is credited with additional music um let's see um stand out let's see the songs eye to eye and stand out were performed by rmb singer Tevin Campbell. So he provides the voice, the persona of Powerline. Um, and I don't know, Philip, if this is like a true fact, but just in like the Disney realm, I did like no additional research for this one just because I was like, oh, I like I love this movie. So I tricked my niece into watching it yesterday and like here we go. Yeah. Um, totally fine. <laughs> but isn't Powerline based on Prince, or is that just one of those like Disney rabbit holes? Okay, we it has to be when we were yeah, like watched it together. We were like, mm -hmm. is that Prince? I thought it might be well, Prince, I've and I looked up before, and I was like, oh. and then when I was watching it again, I just like because I'm from Minnesota too, obviously, and mm -hmm. like there's no way that it's mm -hmm. not. Yeah, well, here I, I I have the info here. Uh, the oh. songs of this film were produced by David Rivkin, also professionally known as David Z. He's an American music producer, engineer, and songwriter from Minneapolis. And, uh, best known for his long-standing long work with Prince. Hey. Oh. Okay, okay. So, like, the bells are ringing because, honestly, like, I've heard that. And I love those, like, Disney, like, you know, Oh, Ariel and you know, like Rapunzel and Elsa are cousins. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I thought this one, I was like, that is dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Yeah. Like, it's and it's like yeah. so spot on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't Prince, it had to be like 
a hybrid between Prince and Michael Jackson. That's literally some of his dance moves are very Michael Jackson. Yeah, like the moonwalk. I, I guess so they could be just like iconic, like very like eighties, like his outfits. Yeah. Well, the and the name convention Powerline is similar to like, of course, hard rock band ACDC, who oh, named yeah. their band after like technical uh electrical engineering Electric jargon sure, <laughs> sure. um yeah. did, but they couldn't get prince to do it do you no. think they wanted him like hey oh, can they we wanted him. yeah no like <laughs> prince can you do a couple songs to this disney film yeah. he's like and nah. he's like well that could never yeah no. Yeah, <laughs> and that, but his producer's like, "Oh, Disney, don't! I'll still take the contract. Just here, I've got this other artist." Yeah. Yeah. His he's, producer's like, "Hold on not, a second, I gotta make my host payment." Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, his That's hair funny. is like very. That like... is the most dead giveaway part to me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the hair. And it's there's such jams. Um, no, oh, yeah. and Michael Jackson does show up in this film, though, right? Yeah, I was gonna when we got to on the open road. Huh. There's so many little Disney nuggets in this one. What the heck? I, I didn't notice that. Um, we have the Bee Gees show up. The Bee Gees. Show okay, up. yeah, um, I didn't see that one. Staying alive. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. But on um in the song on the open road. Mm-hmm. all the i was trying to look at who is on the road with him yeah, this time a, <laughs> a limousine drives by and a sparkly white glove waves out the sunroof oh there we go yeah oh i my was God. like either that's power line or they just straight up was like this is michael jackson that is nuts. so, so not sure what we need to do is make a podcast i spy and the listeners can go watch the movie and tell us all the things Ooh. that they find so comment below. Give Philip all the comments. Um, <laughs> tell us. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. There's a whole gold mine of Easter eggs and sort of there's gotta be other Disney references. Like references. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wrote some down this time. Oh yeah. <laughs> you yeah. You actually did do have a, a good batch of notes. I I love that idea of like doing almost like a top ten list or something like that. I mean, we we should honestly do way more than ten if we do it. Um, you know, with the with the print, we did a whole princess countdown episode way back in the day, and oh yeah, there were fifteen characters plus that that were covered there. So, but like a list of our favorite just crazy references and easter eggs um throughout mm-hmm. film Fun. um particularly like animation or my favorite disney nugget ever in the world like i can already tell you is when you get to spot Rap- um rapunzel in yeah. oh my god it's frozen in like oh okay yeah yeah like the little spot oh i'm on the podcast forgot the title of frozen Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it's always tricky because like it's tempting to call Tangled Rapunzel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like the names are always a bit topsy turvy. And kids mm-hmm. always call Rapunzel Tangled. Like <laughs> I don't think they know her name. They either call That's her so Punzel, like with no R. So they literally think mm-hmm. it starts with a P. I love that. Or they just um, call her Tangled. Um, Tangled. <laughs> yeah, they always call her Tangled because, like, you like interview, and then the kids scream Tangled, and you're like, "Oops, that's not her name." <laughs> but uh, Anna and Elsa, it's not like they're like Frozen, Frozen. <laughs> they do that. It depends on like their 
age group, I think, but uh-huh. at least there's two of them, so they don't think that yeah. they have the same name, then, like, there's more thought, you know, like, we'll be more Def- definitely. Mm-hmm. Philip's like me too. <laughs> well, yeah, I, that clears things up when when you have two characters a little bit helps things uh, be less confusing. Uh, but speaking of Frozen, um, the singing their vocals for Max, uh, not performed by the legendary Jason Marsden, but Ooh. instead so. uh, <laughs> provided by a guy named Aaron Lohr. He's an actor. Mm. And he's married to Dina Menzel. No yeah. way. What? She was married to Tay Diggs first. So just so everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> interesting. Ooh, this is recent. Yeah. She, they got I heard your work like... in a goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> they they compete with their Disney credits. Like I wonder whose like name is bigger on Disney's list. Oh, there's no, I don't think there's a competition there. Oh, oh no. Aaron Lohr has probably done like 20 Disney movies as that no background characters and that no one's heard of, but yeah. she's like, I did. She's like, but I'm Yeah. You cannot, you cannot top that. Um, There was a thing that Adina Menzel was interviewing for. Oh my gosh, we're like way off topic, but like, I'll just bring this up too and Philip will be like, no, yeah, not shut up. Um, there was an interview once when I watched Adina Menzel and she was talking about how her son thinks like he will not listen to frozen like he hates that movie like he's like mom like she's so annoying <laughs> she's like what oh, yeah uh, that's so funny. i'm in love with that it's like Kids you get, get like the biggest contract of your life like well of course you know she wanted tony but like also i'm sure like pays for lots of his like food and toys so <laughs> right yeah, yeah like, I mean... so he's like now <laughs> That's like, because of, of course he hates it. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose you your parents can never really impress you. Yeah, he's not. That's a big theme. Big theme of this of this film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I found a fun reference that could kind of bring us back to the beginning of the movie. Yeah. At the end of the first song after today. There's like a tiny grease reference when he's standing up at the top of the bleachers. Oh, did you okay, guys yeah. notice that? Okay. It's kind of like how John Travolta sings okay. the last little bit of the song at the yeah. top and then standing here in the sky. And then Max like does the same thing for a split second at the end of the song. Yeah, that's that so perfect. cute. Yeah, um, I, this movie was definitely of its time, very 90s, you know, there's a Beverly Hills 90210 reference, you know, explicitly. There's like yeah, all kinds of 90s nostalgia. Yeah, they talk about MTV. Yeah. yeah. He's like oh, those, those MTV kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, there's the sort of distance between Max and Goofy uh, generationally. And um it's just very stark and that was kind of a common thing i mean i don't know it things are rapidly changing still i guess from generation to generation um but i mean i feel like as someone who grew up of this generation i think i could come to anticipate that level of just rapid momentum as um you know the media landscape evolves in this country 
yeah you think or and and in the world um and and yeah and i i think we there's we know so much more about like psychology now i think everyone sort of an uh every everyone (laughs) i don't know who's with the times is sort of an amateur psychologist to a degree (laughs) nowadays everyone's got their um what is it talk space account or whatever it is uh, you, you hear these ads on on podcasts and stuff for the these uh, you know uh, rent a therapist rent uh, apps mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Honestly, no. Well, there were and there's such just such a yeah. There was such rapid expansion intergenerationally there that I don't know that there would have been like uh, a child born in um, 1350 versus 1320. I mean, what's he gonna say to his dad like? dad all you ever want to do is farm and <laughs> and plow and make horseshoes i want to do more than farm and plow and make horseshoes i want to oh no i want to be a squire or something i don't it's like okay i mean there's just there's just not well i mean actually no that's that's fair like that a kid could easily like be a farmer and think you know, this is dumb. There's adventure out there. I'm going to go have it. But then probably mm-hmm. had to get knocked it down to real life. And um, yeah, or necessity maybe, yeah. was probably just a little more pressing. Necessity was right because Goofy's providing all this. Yeah. Um, the cushy 90s, man. The cushy 90s. Well, there's that. Yeah, there's, yeah, the, I think when, yeah, earlier generations, like reality strikes the adults to where there isn't much allowance for youthful frivolity once you reach a certain age um, and you're like taking care of a family. Um, I might reach that point at, you know, 40 or 50 or so. No, (laughs) Um, uh, but like we, we had this um, Dawson, you weren't on the Zootopia episode, were you? Mm-mm. um but like the parents there were like <laughs> you know you uh judy ever wonder why your mom and i are so happy <laughs> uh well there came a point in our lives where we decided that we just wanted to be carrot farmers uh so we settled we settled and the mom's like yeah, we settled hard Wow. um and and then of course in the mitchells versus the machines it's uh you know that that same um generational conflict between the dad and katie so yeah but but here so, yeah it, it's classic, goofy classic conflict yeah and goofy's always been a derpy character so of course that just accentuates it yeah you know that was i think part of what made it, it the the father-son conflict maybe more even like uncomfortable than usual is that mm-hmm. not only is the dad like out of touch or they're just distant and they have different interests, but that like Goofy's actually really dumb and mm-hmm. like kind of an idiot. And so he just looks really pathetic a lot of the time. Yeah. So you're like, does his, is his dad, you know, like special needs or something <laughs> and like not aware of it? I, you know, nah, but... I mean, well, he, he was clearly just mm-hmm. a dork, you know, mm-hmm. And oh yeah, because I he caught had, this line yeah. that I had never caught before, and it made me so sad. When Goofy's trying to first convince Max to go on the road trip, 
Max says, I can't. I have a party I need to go to. And Goofy says, well, I ain't never been invited to a party or something yeah. like yeah. that. And I was like, <laughs> I, Goofy, When no! I was your age, I'd never been invited to a party. Oh, right. I was so sad. Yeah. So it's not <laughs> like uh, you, sometimes a kid is like embarrassed of their dad dad for like no real good reason but in this one he's like he really doesn't want to be like his dad and is like mm-hmm. really embarrassed <laughs> oh yeah the whole dream sequence at the very beginning of the movie where he's oh, slowly yeah. turning into Let's his dad and it's like that kind of <laughs> scary <laughs> it's a it's a lovely a lovely scene full of uh really um uh poignant illustration and poignant illustration and symbolism he's in a he's in a fertile field of (laughs) amber waves of grain amber waves of grain and and then there's this giant marble pedestal in the middle of all of that upon which sits the loveliest animated character and you know philip i don't know if she's made if she made your top five yet so. uh like the the um, furry list we have to do someday <laughs> the <furry> list. <laughs> she, she's definitely on there okay that's part of i'm sad we, we lost hannah for this but like I, yeah um the she'll be back uh oh, but same. hopefully <laughs> um the because we could so easily segue into another topic which is like the animal characters in this film jillian i know you yeah. have opinions and i want to hear them but like are they why are you what did you say why are they even animals i think like yeah. because they're barely animals like right so goofy is a dog right mm-hmm. and then i started looking at the crowds especially in the high school scenes and things they're all probably technically dogs yeah except for pj pj and pete pete's uh pete's son they're both cats but they're like the only cats in this movie okay. and then like I know Goof, like looking at those old pictures of Goofy, you kind of see why Goofy looks the way he does and why Max does. But then they just created these like slightly more generic versions for all the extras in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they're so human-like. There's basically <laughs> nothing animal-like about them. These little, yeah. So it's just so funny that they stuck with it and they're like, no, everybody in this world needs to be slightly like an anthropomorphic like yeah, yeah jillian like, did you see rock and rule by i was just about to mention rock and rule no. even in rock and rule they look more animalistic in ways than the characters in this do mm-hmm. yeah no the same there's just nothing really that animal like about them but like roxanne wears a collar mm-hmm. at least in one of the scenes <laughs> it's so funny oh. so that was kind of a very That's 90s choice yeah yeah I suppose, yeah, chokers were, but it's a dog. Oh, her dad, her sure. dad looks like a like an angry dog. That's <laughs> like, true. That's an true. angry bipedal bulldog. Just uh, daddy, I love it. <laughs> Dynamic. It's um, okay, daddy. Just like pushes him aside. Yeah, he's like peeking through the mail slot mm-hmm. like an actual dog. That's, that's pretty good. That's a trope of small town, you know, Midwest Americana. The, the cute <laughs> girl whose dad is just like, how did that come from that? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Roxanne's the cutest. I've wanted to do a couple costume of Wait. Max and Roxanne forever, yeah. but <laughs> like dressing up as Max is just kind of not as cute. No. <laughs> I so. his, his, he's just it's just baggy. Yeah. I don't know. There's I don't it's hard to see where tell where like one part of his costume ends and the other begins. It's um true. it all just blobs into it into itself. Yeah. Um but uh 
But yeah, that the, I also I hate the look of the the principal of the school who's played by the Wallace Sean. Wallace Sean, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like he's like a rat. I mean, he's probably hmm. supposed to be a dog, but he's got this skinny little neck, and then his, teeny the way, little nub teeny ears, little nub ears, yeah. yeah. And he's so hmm. he's kind of obnoxious in this film, uh, particularly. Yeah. Well, he's like, I mean. I haven't seen I mean, him. Every time I things. hear him, I love him, and he's charming, and it's perfect, he's he's but... often charming. Oh well, okay. So he's either like a sweetheart or like a total dirtbag. Uh, and Vicini right. is kind of a dirtbag, um, but <laughs> a like, charming dirtbag. You charming. love him, <laughs> of course. Uh, Gilbert Huff from Incredibles, total dirtbag. Total dirtbag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, here, you know, uh, he's gonna be in the electric chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another such yeah. a 90s thing. Yeah, the Ferris Bueller type like the where the, the school authorities really just have it out for the student like and <laughs> want do. want the worst for them. Um and yeah. are so are so serious. They take being a school administrator so seriously. Like freaking recess schools out again. I mean, is there more is there a more unrealistic villain in the world than the villain in that film because he just cares so I, much about school i love um, that i mean both the principal characters you know james woods and um principal prickly i mean prickly's so great because he's oh prickly's perfect he's just this put out you know down try <laughs> he's just over everything yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah the james woods guy you know he used to be just this total smooth hippie this beatnik type but um at the same time like was able to land a job as a principal of a school which was awesome but like he he you know, quit to move on to bigger and brighter things because he wanted to revolutionize the education system <laughs> and keep keep kids enslaved. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like but, Europe. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah, perfect. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, anyway, I just thought the design of all the side and extra characters was just a little bit strange. You have but, like '90s comedy icon Polly Shore as the nerd character Bobby. Uh, the oh, oh I, I, with the glasses. A comedy icon played him. The yeah, uncredited. Yeah. Hey. Oh, uncredited. Oh. Yeah, Polly Shore, and he his career kind of took a, a, I don't know, simmered down. I guess uh, after this movie came out. Um, I, I, I guess he's more known for stand up, but like he was oh. like the lead or one of the leads in that. That wasn't Brendan Fraser in Encino Man. So uh, he had some major like movie roles uh, prior to Goofy movie. And he wasn't even credited for a Goofy movie, I think, just because it was maybe below his <laughs> pay grade. Wow. Um, Weird. Oh, but he's so perfect in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The cheese whiz is like a visceral <laughs> childhood memory. Yuck. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Aerosol, aerosolized cheese is not yeah. supposed to be that messy, but here, no, it's, it's like not. <laughs> it's like whipped cream more than it is like aerosolized cheese. It, does, it looks more like nacho cheese, like, yeah, just goopy, whipped, drippy. Yeah. Whipped nacho cheese, which should be a thing. 
if it isn't. Well, cheese like, whiz. Cheese whiz. Like as yeah, it's but whipped cheese. It's written mm-hmm. on a can. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a brand name. Cheese whiz. I, I don't think know. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, the the canned cheese. Sometimes stores will have their generic like Kroger version of that. And but otherwise, like the Nabisco stuff that mm. I'll get every time I'm undergoing like a massive um, <laughs> craving spell uh, <laughs> that, that oh. I can't explain. Um, usually my preferred is like the the, the sharp cheddar, because like if you're going to get cheddar, you got to go for the yeah. sharp. But sometimes okay. I like yep. the milder like American. Um, but sure. that, that, yeah, that the, sounds good. Yeah, Nabisco stuff. I think they just call it easy cheese. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it's called. So so good yet so bad at the so same time. So bad for you. <laughs> the Eiffel or uh, no the the Leaning Tower of Cheese. Leaning Towers. <laughs> so and it's, it's ne- it never random. satisfies. It's like you get this craving and it's like just yeah. pile it on the Ritz cracker or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like as soon as you have it, it's like hmm. I need more. <laughs> yeah. And then you just end up feeling terrible. Yes. Yes. Forever. Yeah. I loved um, the character Bobby. I just love his vibe so much. And I loved the little thing he'd do with multiple lines where he'd break up just words. Like yeah. when he goes into the principal's office and says, maids. I like don't know what that is, but it's so funny. It was like hard to understand a lot of the time. Like, yeah. His- audio was mixed really like i don't know quiet or something like maybe obviously they just let Polly shore go wild in the recording booth and <laughs> uh, kind of just do his thing <laughs> i'm sure right. um and, and then uh, uh peach pj was uh, rob paulson and yeah he's yeah Carl Weezer. Carl. <laughs> We love Carl. We, yeah, uh, we love this voice that Rob Paulson does. Was this a proto Carl Weezer? Uh, yeah. Be- oh, yeah. I suppose. Jimmy Neutron came after, mm-hmm. uh, and then He's Animaniacs like, was before. PJ, but more that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Love him. It's hard with this movie to just. Mm-hmm not only say oh i loved this because i truly love everything in this movie <laughs> yeah well it's yeah just it's true it's slumble it's quick like 83 minutes or something it's you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's like just a perfect little morsel um and, and like i didn't feel like it dragged on at all you know of course it's hard right. for a movie I, whereas Mitchell's versus the machines, I was like, "Oh, how much of this movie is there?" Left? Yeah, it's a longer our, one, yeah. And it, and you can feel that length. Like this, this one has for you know the type of movie it is, where it's uh, the father and the dad drags the son on a road trip that he doesn't want to go to. They have conflict. They arrive somewhere at a compromise, and then have a grand finale. It, it follows those beats extremely efficiently. I mean, there are some hard cuts from like. I mean, you know, they take so long getting from their home to L.A. And then when, oh, I think they're still floating down the river in their car when his dad's like, well, we got to get you to the Powerline concert. And then it cuts to them like in line, like at the Powerline. They go over a waterfall and are floating through the air. Oh, yeah, they're floating through the air. And then it cuts to... 
the, yeah, at the concert. it cuts to them from floating in the air to getting at the concert. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. explain how yeah, they. Yeah, I know. It's, you know. it's like it's even like a crossfade too, because it's like they're on the they're hanging over this waterfall. So good moment for like the haze of the water to just sort of fade into the next scene. But the next scene is literally like the L.A. Forum, mm -hmm. right? and you have no yeah. idea how they got there. They're smuggled in through. <laughs> the musicians yeah there's there's equipment. very uh, like very unexplained very brief you you know they're heisting their way in but there's no they don't talk about like they don't mitchell's versus machines would probably have all right here's how we're going to get into the concert yeah dad that's a great idea but no here they just you see them doing heist things very very yeah. rapidly how did and, they <laughs> and it just gets pulled off <laughs> yeah uh, obviously, my biggest question. Uh, too bad Hannah, you know, is, I haven't heard from her. I think she might have had some bad. She was in a car uh, at a at like a baseball game, so well, like do, it was probably kind of like, warm. Put a pause and do a part no, two. Uh, I she would text me. Um, I I think it was maybe she had to like take her grandma somewhere, and so she was in a car. And on a day like this, that probably wasn't very fun. <laughs> I'm oh. just sitting there um but yeah we'll we'll hear more from hannah hopefully soon on the thodcast so we're uh i think i'm just gonna keep on trucking here mm -hmm. um but <clears throat> the yeah how they salvage that that yellow car like and of course you know it's a goofy movie so again plausibility and cartoon antics you know, yeah. this is a good example, actually. I thought of this while watching it where like, yeah, the suspension of disbelief and like if a movie is a cartoon, how much do you let it get away with or how much can it get away with? And in Mitchell's versus the machines, I felt like like obviously it's a very zany cartoon, um, but they're trying to tell a semi serious story at times about, you know, survival and, mm -hmm. you know, they have to they come up with plans and, you know, then like it's like okay well would that work or whatever in this in the goofy movie i mean there's no physics there's no gravity like it's mm -hmm. full-on looney tunes cartoon logic and they're still telling they're telling a compelling and engaging story that you that you buy into emotionally uh and you buy into the characters but mm -hmm. um and, and then you buy into the out, outlandish situations that they they find themselves in because it's like you know it's uh going off the road is something that yeah. could very easily happen in real life. And that would be a good conflict, but they go off the road in yeah. cartoon fashion, like you know, <laughs> one way they do it, which is actually this, this might be kind of a stretch of a reference, but since I was a huge fan of that old Mickey shirt that I mentioned earlier, Mickey's trailer, when in that one, when goofy, you know, just abandons his driving duties and forgets that he's driving, they are, on the side of a mountain, like a lot like Max and Goofy mm -hmm. are when they first get into their big first big scrape, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the trailer kind of drives along the side of the fence of the, the guardrail. And oh, yeah. when it goes off the road and that happens almost exactly the same way in this movie. And I'm like, that's Goofy's fault both times. I'm wondering if that is a reference. Yeah. I thought that was it, super funny. I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe even like oh, sure. have some frame matchups like between maybe films I've the classic um 
you know, the, the Robin Hood characters dancing, yeah. to the scene. dancing like jungle yeah. characters. Sequence, uh, yeah, this, and like Snow White, Mowgli, and yeah. Sword in the Stone Kid. Yeah, there's some crossover <laughs> yeah, between the Sword in the Stone. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, the, I mean, I'm sure the artists on this and the animators were heavily referencing a lot of those classic short films, which I I didn't go back and revisit uh lazy podcaster that i am um i, I maybe could have gone and binged a, a bunch of these old disney shorts um but it's been a while since i've seen uh quite a few of them some mm-hmm. i have never seen uh, but i kind of get the gist uh <laughs> yeah they're, they're very uh you know a lot of them are very um they're drawn with incredible facility because they were typically animating on ones, you know, a, a drawing per frame for a lot of these mm-hmm. classic shorts. They're only seven minutes long. Uh, this movie is only 78 minutes long. <laughs> so correction yeah. there with the, um, yeah, the classic short film animation that played, you know, in movie theaters before features. Um, it mm. It's all very, you know, skillfully and, um, very detailed animation compared to, you know, l- latter days of, um, you know, television animation. And of course, the cost of labor just has dramatically gone up since the, you know, the, that era as well. So it's it's just amazing, like the kinds of things that they do pull off in these these classic short films. Um, but yeah, and this movie probably did. Um, what was a very probably labor intensive process, but I don't know there was a big uh, revolution in animation in the early nineties, late eighties, I guess a little bit as well. I think the pop culture um, appeal, uh, VHS market, um, cable. I think there was just a, an overall boom that enabled somewhat of a return to this classic aesthetic compared to the age of i guess um classic network television i think when um when audiences first stayed home from the movie theaters and were more drawn to to the uh their television screens the small screen mm-hmm. um but then there was a whole second television revolution say you know once cable hit and also um, home video as well. I think because I'm 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 just say, stating this for context because uh, you had those Saturday morning cartoons from from Disney that aired on ABC um, that were sort of begun prior to the the proper Disney Renaissance with the Little Mermaid. I feel mm-hmm. and that Little Mermaid was 1989. Um, Aladdin uh, or Beauty and the Beast 1991, Aladdin 1992. These these movies fueled a massive boom in animation mm-hmm. in the early 1990s. But I, I feel like the ball had sort of begun rolling prior to that. And I'm just trying to kind of parse how that process began um, when when there wasn't necessarily singular like movie tent poles you can really point to except for maybe like Star Wars 
or an American Tale, you know, or, you know, some of these Don Bluth movies that did hit a little bigger during the mid '80s. Uh, you know, Black Cauldron certainly uh, kind of flopped, but but um, immediately afterwards, you did have like The Great Mouse Detective, which was more of a success. So like, you mean like what's what was yeah. the what was the watershed animated film before Little Mermaid? Yeah, well, and it wasn't just film. I think it was a mix of uh, television and um, and film and in improved technology to make that process a bit more streamlined. Yeah. So sorry for the rant. I uh, no, no. just trying to re think back to this time because um, mm -hmm. yeah, you had shows like DuckTales and uh, Goof Troop and Rescue, you know, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I've sadly neglected to really catch up. And like, you know, I think revisiting these, a lot of people have, you know, my age have uh, heavy nostalgia for, for things like this and yes. things like Tiny Toons Adventures um, Animaniacs, you know, I, I don't religiously watch, even though I like Animaniacs, I don't watch it religiously, you know, pinky in the brain. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, at the end of the day, these are television animated projects, animated, you know, on, on a sometimes a bit heftier television animated budget. Um, but still, like, eh, it, it's it's not necessarily the most, like, revolutionizing experience uh, to uh -oh. go back to these things if you don't have that nostalgia factor to really drive yeah. to it. Yeah, that's what I always wonder about some of these movies. Like Goofy Movie, just I love so much. And, I'm, and when I went back and watched it more as an adult or whatever, I was so hoping it would, you know, live up to how I felt about it. And I think it does, honestly. I think it's a really fun movie. <laughs> and there's a other movies too that I while mm -hmm. I was nannying this year I got to kind of revisit with the kid I was watching and um another one that features Goofy and Max mm -hmm. actually is in a Christmas movie have you guys ever seen Once Upon a Christmas Mickey's yeah. Once Upon a Christmas no yeah, there's one short in there it's a there's three different stories I think and one of them has Goofy and Max, and it's Max talking about and discovering whether or not Santa Claus is real because Pete, mm. once again, is a big jerk. And, <laughs> you know, he said, you're too old for believing that stuff, whatever. And then mm. Goofy tries to prove it to him. And it's another one that, you know, gets a little sad. Mm -hmm. I think it's just because Goofy is such a happy, lovable character that when he yeah. becomes a sad dad, there's nothing worse. Yeah, Goofy you just hurt so bad for him. Is the is really sad. <laughs> we were never meant to watch Goofy be sad, and then when you do, it just really hits you right in the '90s baby heart. That's true. Yeah, when you whenever you have a character who's very, I don't know, pathetic, <laughs> shall we say, um, <laughs> always hurts the worst um, mm -hmm. to to kick that character. The and idiot, the idiots, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the blissful idiot. Um, the I guess a big driver, I think, of animation, you know, prior to this time as well. Um, of course, 
mar- uh, merchandising, um, mm-hmm. G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, um, you know, these really fueled. Uh, oh, yeah, those were the big cartoons of the 80s. Revolution. The, the toy cartoons. Right. So, yeah, there was, um, I think, uh, just the economics of animation had started to really rekindle um, around you know, and, and this was a bit of a culmination of that, at least on kind of the the more of television scale of things. Um, and, the, and then, of course, you had the big blockbuster projects like, you know, Pocahontas, which was released the same year. Uh, Lion King wow, yeah. been released the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is not one of those. No. You know, <laughs> and it, it almost looks like it was made for TV. Um mm-hmm. There's just there's just a look about it that I don't I don't know how to describe, but yeah, it's not it's not grand. It's it's more yeah. uh, it's great at what it does, and it also mm-hmm. got a sequel. So two thousand, yeah. yeah, year two thousand, direct video sequel, an extremely goofy movie. Yes. Um, so like these characters have lived on in various forms, um, and and right. yeah, I mean it'd be interesting. I'd uh, just based on this film, I kind of want to go back now and see some of the origins of how a film like this came into shape. Um, yeah. Because there's a whole lore, and you can kind of fit any piece you want to, to match, you know, uh, the other, you know, perhaps disparate pieces of this, you, this whole disney tuniverse you know the ducktales duckburg mm-hmm. i think is the city from that um mickey mouse has a brief cameo here uh, you even have that weird almost like a goofy cameo but as a different character uh, the piano player remember that during um yeah. on the open road <laughs> yeah he looks exactly like goofy really yes but he's just playing the piano in the back of a truck Hmm. it's yeah that is super funny a lot of the background characters in this movie too and in the sequel show up in other disney kids shows that my nanny kid would watch and i noticed just because i like the goofy movie so much but the the little girl oh no not the little girl the one of roxanne's friends with the glasses in the flower hat. In the flower hat. She definitely shows up hmm. in, what's the show? Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Some of these random people show up. Hmm. But I think it's Mickey Roadster Racers, Roadster. which hmm. is a super what? random show. Uh-huh. But they also use the sports announcer from the sequel. And so it's kind of like they just made all these background characters and they're like, I don't know, let's just. We don't need to make new ones. So let's just <laughs> there's a, there's use a, these designs yeah, over a big again. Character roster somewhere that they just pull from when mm-hmm. they There's even a character in this one that shows up in the next one as somebody slightly different. I don't know if you ever feel like talking yeah. about the second one, but well, I I think we must. I yeah. Okay, then maybe yeah. maybe so, I won't. Um, I'll save that little nugget for next time. That makes sense that they would reuse certain character models or, or different you know like that that's a common trope in mm-hmm. animation or television animation yeah um i'm even finding that with 
Star Trek. I've been, you know, check, catching up on some of the the films from Star Trek. I even recently watched Generations, Dawson, for the first time. Generations. <laughs> uh, I had seen, you know, the Plinkett reviews a couple of times. Oh, you know, the, the, the first Picard. The Picard. Oh my. <laughs> and and I liked it, uh, but <laughs> there were just certain. The head scratcher moments, you know, that get pointed out from the famous Red Letter Media review that that Dawson, you and I like to kind of, um, yeah, those are great. Riff on, yeah. yeah. There's a little Star Trek reference in this movie, but like even in in those yeah. films, uh, they reuse actors oh, okay. kind of noticeably. Mm. Yeah. Really. What was the reference here again? In the first song, the there's two nerds oh. who out with the textbooks oh. and something about comics. Oh, with the textbooks. And they are yeah. definitely wearing Star Trek shirts. Oh, <laughs> cool. So that's kind of For funny. Sure. Yeah, so many fun references in this. And it's just a lot of Disney, like, taking mm. its own stuff. Like when Pete says something about a serendipity doodah. Serendipity it's just like doodah. funny little things like that that they totally can do. In the mm-hmm. On the Open Road song, they have a line, oh, got no strings oh. on me. <laughs> got, Pinocchio yeah. reference. Yeah, like right. it's, I mean, it's their own stuff, you know, they can take mm-hmm. it as much as they want. <laughs> and yeah. so Donald, Donald Duck is Goofy's best friend in yeah. this universe. Because yeah. When Goofy says he's, I'm, I'm going on a vacation with my best friend. Uh, Max says Donald Duck, and then <laughs> yeah. Goofy goes, No, you son. Uh, so who, who shows up later too when they drive? Yeah, by? Donald Duck Donald, is with Mickey. They're on the side of the road hitchhiking to L.A. Apparently, so isn't isn't is Mickey hilarious. a super a, a celebrity in this universe? Didn't okay. you say this once? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because so so Goofy and Donald are friends right in the next movie though i think yeah this is an issue in the next movie somebody it's one of those classic look over there and then everybody looks over there so to distract from the shadiness Uh that these other characters are doing which we can get more into if we do the next one but they say look it's mickey mouse and this entire crowd goes whoa and starts taking pictures and so well, I think Mickey's a celebrity in this universe. Okay. Well, so so Goofy's friends with Donald, and Donald is friends with Mickey, and Mickey's a celebrity. So mm-hmm. Goofy is within two degrees of of fame. Um, and Mickey's also, well, Max's phone, right? It's a Mickey phone. At the, at the that's start, right. Of the He's got the keychain, right? Or oh, well, there's the phone. Oh. There's the phone, and then uh, Goofy's keys have a keychain with the Disney D on it. Okay. Oh, and so, okay. uh, which leads to my theory. And Walt Disney's real in this universe, so yeah. Anyway. Well, and and um, Pete is richer than God. Oh, Pete! Oh, yeah, Pete's, absolutely. Yeah, and for owning a like dollar store or whatever it is. Um, yeah, you had a you were well, gonna say your I've theory. always wondered. I haven't always wondered since <laughs> nannying and watching way too much Disney. Have I have wondered, wondered who are these people? Like, why are they? Why are they? You, you know what are what are Donald and Mickey doing? <laughs> like this is this is the, where Goofy lives, right? You, he has you a just kid. blew my mind, actually, because you are absolutely right. Question like, that's always haunted you. Because this is the most canon of the things, right? Because they're like, this is Goofy's real life. He has this son. He had a wife apparently because he has a son, or maybe he didn't have a wife. We don't know. 
which is super <laughs> interesting. But then you'll see Mickey oh and Donald and Goofy show up in these movies like Three Musketeers, but they're not being themselves. So are they actors in their universe? But maybe not because, you know, they, they could just be this acting troupe that goes on. They tell these stories. They make other movies that we love to enjoy. But also, they do reference Walt Disney in this movie. So um, they know their creator. You, <laughs> our apartment's been taken over by red yarn <laughs> and uh, articles and images trying to connect who... Who are these characters and what are they doing? I actually, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had done that actually yeah. to, well, to track probably Trace all these lines. But. My, my only guess or like my kind of mindset for, for what is happening with these characters and who they are is that um, Donald, Goofy and Mickey are basically um, Danny Kay and Bing Crosby and mm. who's the singing in the rain bastard Gene Kelly, Kelly. <laughs> and they're just they're these guys they're in our world that they're celebrities and we all know it's them mm. and then they and then sometimes they do fun shows as themselves and release content and art as themselves mm -hmm. And then they'll go star in a movie sometime where they pretend to be a different character, but we all know it's just it's just Bing Crosby, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a goofy biography. Yeah, I think like in Disney's own universe, like Goofy, well, well, yeah, Donald Goofy and Mickey, they're the superstars. They're the mm -hmm. of the world. They're the Disney World superstars, and so mm -hmm. then they just like star in various. Um, Films. Yeah, well, including a goofy movie. I don't think even this is sort of a reflection. It's it's not a perfect, you know, encapsulation of the the. Uh, this isn't this isn't the true story. This isn't a, a totally verisimilitudinous telling of Goofy's real life. It's just him showing up to work in this. Uh, sort of semi-autobiographical or semi-biographical gotcha. film about yeah. him and his son but it's it's all for show but all is it the thing. but hold on i think we could i think we can take this a little deeper uh is is this the only first of all the film that depicts these characters in a in a real life ordinary setting that tries to establish like oh yeah this is goofy and he's a dad and works a job does Donald have a similar film? Yes. He does? Well, in the, the same Christmas movie. Oh, oh. He has his nephews, Huey, Louie, and Dewey. Um, he has a Christmas movie with them. And it's basically Groundhog's Day, but Christmas. Oh. And they re the three little boys are like, I wish it was Christmas every day. And then it is Christmas every day. And they hate it, obviously. I have to get it back, so... And then that's kind of fun, too, because it shows these random relatives they've created mm. for Donald Duck, like this big, fat aunt. <laughs> and, um, yeah, super funny. I, yeah. I I really like that one, too. Side note, just a, an, about the animal characters themselves, too. Donald looks a lot more like a duck than any of these mm. other animals look like <laughs> their animals. But in that movie, they eat a freaking turkey. 
And I think that's not okay. <laughs> so, you know, they're um, just they're just completely blatant about that. So they really must not be real animals. Amazing. Who knows what they truly are? <laughs> Who knows what are they doing? Um, Goofy mentions his dad. So what if Goofy's dad, oh. what if there's a line of goofs that go back to the original goof from the, you know, I know who Goofy's Steamboat grandpa Willy, is. From the Steamboat Willie era. I yeah. know who Goofy's grandpa is. Who's Goofy's grandpa? I learned while nannying. Papa. <laughs> On Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, there's a pirate episode. Goofy's grandpa is a legendary pirate. Really? Yes. How, how does, does it confirm? They, yeah. He's like, it's my grandpa. And they meet this what? pirate character that looks like Goofy, but it's except my he's grandpa. a pirate. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's his grandpa. So <laughs> Okay, so Goofy does have an actual traceable lineage. Yeah, and then in a different show, oh my gosh, I feel like such a weirdo for knowing this, but this is Mickey Roadster Racers, I believe. Mm-hmm. There's a, an a art museum heist episode where they're trying to the Mona Lisa, but it's Mona Goofy or something like Mona that. Goofy. And that's his aunt. Because she shows up, but she looks like Mona Lisa combined with Goofy. So there, there's his aunt. We have a couple, we have a couple family members here. But yeah. still no no mother for, for, for poor Max. No no mother for Max. It's well, not Daisy. Daisy's a cow, right? Nope. Daisy's no, Daisy's a, a duck. Wife. Who's the who, Goofy There's has Clarabelle a, Cow? Clarabelle Cow. Is oh that yeah, a, that's the one he gets paired with all the time. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. There's like a robot chicken special about it. <laughs> what really? <laughs> or on? I guess uh, just a sketch. Just a. <laughs> it's like yeah. The rest that's of the funny. gang having an intervention <laughs> over <laughs> the pairing of. Goofy with Clarabelle because he's no, a dog and she's a cow. That <laughs> makes me so happy that somebody has, has thought about this. Come on. <laughs> okay. Oh, my oh, people gosh. Spend, yeah, I, I think it's best to just leave it at the fact that like these glimpses that we're getting into the lives of Mickey, Donald, Goofy, at all uh, are very closely and carefully curated and they don't reflect these characters actual lives the interiority personal the personal you know they're they're fictional going okay. about their daily life uh, this is just what we're allowed to see and these are sort of the uh the pieces of media uh which they participate in on a you know ludo narrative Mm-hmm. you know i we, we don't talk about ludo narrative distance enough on this podcast but it's one of my favorite <laughs> concepts ever we, uh, mostly pertaining to uh, yep. <laughs> to video to games. games um but the fact that like yeah that this is all having to be crafted into a narrative into a film it, it's sort of like how reality tv is uh you know yeah. it's not a perfect reflection of reality because mm-hmm. it's it's edited at the very mm-hmm. least, mm-hmm. but even more than that, it's usually very closely scripted. Yeah, producers intervening and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Even more so with narrative film and television. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's why definitely. things like yeah, things like the Muppets poke fun at this by like showing us behind Muppet. the curtain 
you know the dress you know, what, what are the muppets doing in their dressing rooms you know and the muppets. <laughs> oh, yeah. the whole meta narrative going on totally um, so they don't do that quite as much with the disney gang but um but, but they do it a little bit uh, so it's mm-hmm. kind of fun to explore totally yeah. um anyways we've been talking a goofy movie and this is you know not much more to talk about narratively uh, I, I thought we should maybe mention um, the Lester's Possum Park. Oh, Lester's, of course. Yes. A horrifying place. A hor- just a, a yeah, nightmare. I, I love that scene but, so much. Disney um, poking fun at itself. Yeah. Why? What? It's a little, like a little themed park with these animatronic characters and... Yeah, it's but like, they're so jank. Like Disney doesn't do oh, yeah. anything jank. It's like a no. But they took an animal and made a character nah. and made a little theme park about them. Awesome, <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. just the thing. Um, it's like, yeah, what if Disneyland had just <laughs> a stu- a shoestring budget? Yeah, uh, and they wore dead possum. Uh, hats <laughs> on their head rather than oh mouse. like mouse ears oh my gosh Dem- oh yeah e- those Dem- those animatronic singing robot possums still genuinely make me laugh They're- when the one's head explodes I I crack up every time I can't help it <laughs> it's very um, Hollywood pizza or um, Chuck E Cheese yeah no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so good. Um, and then, like the, uh, the that guy who's running the, sh- the that stage show, the animatronic show, uh, with the very like cartoony Western boy, vo- you know, Southern accent. Uh, that's Pat Butram. Do you remember this character? He's got that voice like this. Yeah, and, a little bit. Um, he uh, he's the voice of the sheriff of Nottingham. In- oh. oh. That's him. Robin he was Hood. still alive at the time. Wow. And uh, and yeah, the that who's the dog in Aristocats? Uh, uh, no, no. Um, the fox and the hound. Chief. 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 Oh, almost gets killed. Um, that's his name, right? Oh, Chief. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, so. that's him as well. Yes. But yeah, he. Uh, this was oh, his last good. credit. So. <gasps> oh. The last credit is Lester. Um, what a no, legendary I, note to go out on. Not oh, not Lester, not Lester but, himself, but yeah, that op- attraction operator. Okay. Wow. <laughs> what a way to go out on your career. Uh, um, well, he did, he was doing what he loved. Disney, yeah, absolutely. Disney cartoons. Yeah. Um, later on in the, I don't know any more on Lester's Possum Park. I mean, there's a lot one could say about it, but you go yeah. ahead and move right on. Oh, I was gonna. One of my favorite things about this movie is when they make soup on a cigarette lighter, and it's something I've always wanted to do because of this movie. I don't think you can. I don't think you can because I don't have that in my car anymore. Those just are very oh, glad to see you good for between. something. Um, Mythbusters should have tested it, and it would yeah. have inevitably led to like them having to like duct tape together just a whole bundle of cigarette yeah. lighters or something, right? Yeah, because like, yeah, there's no way you'd get a single one to heat up a can. No, any well, they don't, 
they yeah. don't stay lit for very long. At least not the one in my truck. You you activate it and then it's hot for a couple of seconds and then it goes. <gasps> you still out. have one, don't you? Yeah. It's oh awesome. my gosh, I love that. We can try making soup on it if you want. Can we please? That could yeah. be a little extra fill up for your. <laughs> I mean, what's more unbelievable is that you can get it to stand upright on the cigarette lighter on the dash while Bigfoot is sleeping on you. That (laughs) is balancing the soup can on top. Yeah. Yeah, he does balance it so perfectly. Soup can. Just like that's what. Well, yeah, I love the fact that you still have a cigarette lighter in your vehicle, Dawson. That's honestly pure gold. Yeah. Never get rid of your vehicle because. I know it's uh, it's such an amazing thing to have, honestly. I'm sure Rick Mitchell's vehicle has one as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the fact that Bigfoot is in this movie, I think Big... something gets overlooked, but just shows yeah. how bonkers this movie really is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it takes you on so many surprising and satisfying turns. That yes, Ugh. um, and like not a spoiler, but. I have a theory that Bigfoot is in the second movie as well. Hmm. But we can get to that next time. We'll get to that next time. Um, but yeah, a Bigfoot existing in your universe is always a big plus in my book. <laughs> yes. And a really scary Bigfoot, too. He kind of is, yeah. Like, sometimes he looks cute and dumb, and then he starts making that sound, that really horrible sound. And when he's chasing them? Yeah, and his mouth and teeth, and he looks like he really wants to hurt them. Yeah, um, and then he just plays with their socks and does sock puppet shows for them. He trolls them, literally. It's, it's very fun. He can't get through that car, though. That car is a... Um, in shield an impenetrable indestructible shield. that thing but that that's a, such especially for a child that sense of like i need to outrun the monster if i can only just get in the blankets or whatever i'll be safe like mm-hmm. they have to they have to it's really tense how they yeah, have to make so, sure they can get to their car so many close calls when <laughs> goofy's doing that stupid thing he had to go get the can of soup get and then the he of, yeah. he's trying to pull it in the window but he has it horizontally i think yeah and he's just just smashing it like a dog would do with a stick trying to walk through a fence you know one of those stupid things and max just turns it the right way and slides it through yeah. and, and then the, and yeah, and then the most stressful <laughs> close call of my entire childhood is in this movie later what's that what when max has the map and they're on oh. the highway and Goofy knows that Max changed the map and they're coming up on the junction and he's like, okay, Max, what is it? Is it going to be right or left? And Max is just sweating. Oh my gosh, that's the most stressful moment of my whole childhood. Uh, I'm pretty sure. What's going to be? Oh no. And uh, yeah, I was, so yeah, I was surprised seeing it again because I couldn't remember which, which happened the first time I saw it. Because uh, you, you genuinely, like, yeah, you think Max has maybe learned his lesson. He's enjoyed hanging out with his dad this far. Yeah. Um, and he's been appointed navigator on the trip um, because of the their bonding. Um, but, yeah, the P, uh, overheard PJ oh. talking about the fact that Max is, you know, <laughs> taking over and wanting them to go see... Um, power line instead of going fishing and mm-hmm. so yeah that uh 
I don't know. I really like that scene. Um, I love Pete and PJ in this. I mean, Pete's uh, RV is glorious and mm-hmm. yeah. um, his RV mansion. Uh, but yeah, the, the hot tub scene where, I don't know, well, they get to the hotel and then they're, it's nice that those characters ended up interacting with each other. Um, mm-hmm. But just like order a pizza and, you know, hang out in the hotel room. But me and the adults are going to go down to the hot tub. This is, it's all very like really relatable, like yeah. tangible feelings. Um, and then, so yeah, when the two adults, they have a, in a movie that's as breakneck paced as this, they have a scene where two adults just sit in a hot tub and talk <laughs> about serious stuff Mm -hmm. like and it's really well i love the lighting in that scene how like dark and blue and purple it is kind of and well i have to also shout out the water beds in the motel room oh (laughs) those motel rooms are so cool and there's fish in the water bed (laughs) yes another unrealistic expectation that i had from this movie yes when my (laughs) uncle back in the day said i got a water bed i was thrilled because I expected goldfish in them. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. And why shouldn't so there be, honestly? like Oh, it'd be so stinky. Um, oh <laughs> just fish pooping. <laughs> That's a good oh, it gets so gross, which I'm sure they did anyway. The, the, the light on the wall makes the mermaid's boobs glow. Oh, yeah, when they're flicking <laughs> the mermaid light switch. And he's he says, dead. classy choice, son. Classy choice, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I died. Classy choice. <laughs> well, and I guess yeah, if you were super rich, you could maybe figure out how to filter a waterbed that had um actual wa- uh, aquatic life inside yeah. of it. I'd be so scared to pop it and just kill them all though. Yeah. Rip. Fish Which water obviously this is a you know cheap roadside motel, so you're not yeah. dealing with uh the, the reason why those fish are in that waterbed is not probably intentional. <laughs> it's Well, it's weird that it's a, supposed to be a cheap roadside motel because it looks very, like, themed and... Elaborate. Like, elaborate, oh, yeah. That's probably yeah. why, yeah, it's the theming of the motel. That, yeah, you know, <laughs> and Max picked it, so he's just like, let's right. go to the... The bed doubles at an aquarium. Yeah. yeah the... um, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you guys having um the time or taking the time to uh talk some goofy movie uh you know, from 1995 it's pretty much i don't know there's, there's a lot to talk about with this because it's just such a nostalgia gold mine um but um i think you know we we were i was still very young when this came out yeah um, i know but, i never saw it yeah but still like we grow up with these things on home video yes it's one of those ultimate staples of vhs uh so did you wear your vhs of this out (laughs) did i wear it did did you wear it out does it still work oh well not anymore no probably not i'm i'm sure we wore it out we watched this plenty of times did we wear out any tapes that you couldn't recall uh it must be harder to do than like you'd think it it, it's probably not like just use but like you really have to mess up the tape itself like get in there and kind of pull it out or whatever sometimes yeah they got damaged for some reason um 
let's see i was gonna maybe mention the director kevin lima sole credited director and then there were some light, uh, writers on this as well it probably you know shared across the the whole disney tune ouvre but um kevin lima went on to do um well he was a co-director on tarzan along with chris buck of course from mm. tangled uh <laughs> tangled frozen and frozen too. <laughs> um and 102 dalmatians from the year 2000 mm. the inevitable yoan Griffith. <laughs> yes guy's a legend he is um enchanted he directed enchanted Oh, I don't know who's directing Disenchant. Who's <laughs> mm. not on you? Of course. And then there's a bit of a break in his filmography between 08 and 2019. But I guess more recently he's come out with this documentary short film about the Greek myth of Talos, the first robot, apparently. So it sounds fascinating. Very interesting. Very cool. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> any other thoughts on a goofy movie, guys? Hmm. The um, last fun fact that I thought was interesting the whole movie, I noticed those nuns in the background. The nuns. They yes. were in the very first song in their own car singing. Uh, and later on, they're in the same restaurant as them. And I was like, why are these nuns following them? The nuns go to the Powerline concert. They followed them the whole way there and made it to the Powerline concert. So. Yeah, that's sure. just my last fun fact that I thought was kind of silly. Yeah, there's this, like all kinds of stuff you can I just, point out in the background. I love when people put thought into those little background things like that. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, maybe even Disney or uh, Disney, Mickey and uh, Donald probably were going to the Powerline concert as well. If they weren't, like what? They said they were going to. Los Angeles. Yeah. So a California IA or bust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, looks like Disenchanted. It's scheduled for 2020. Oh, with... that's the sequel to Enchanted, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Really? That's kind of exciting. Director Adam Shankman. Does her life fall apart? Do they break up? That's annoying. I hope not. Who knows? Disenchanted is already, is already that matt groen show on netflix right uh disenchantment Enchantment. Oh. oh yeah yeah. that's right um and this well i mean you know it's just gonna be an extra postmodern take on the already postmodern <laughs> take on disney <laughs> anime <laughs> fairy tales uh, <laughs> that was they a stay no. together <laughs> it'll be so uh meta that yes they, they'll in fact stay together it's like how you know marge and homer never break up because mm -hmm. they, as dysfunctional as they are they realize they're like the, the only thing that no. The subversion of expectations oh, wow. at that point would be for them to stay together. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, right. so many that that relates to so many shows and movies these days. But wow. Um, oh, the the yeah the thing that makes a goofy movie and its characters beautiful is once again their flaws. Mm. <laughs> uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, and Roxanne, she digs, she digs the teeth or the, the laugh. I know. Yeah, she she does. Does. You're shocked. Yeah, Look. she thinks it's cute. Um, 
It's a voice of Kelly Martin, by the way. I think mm-hmm. she's a much bigger star, kind of like uh, Polly Shore. Like she has more credits towards okay. uh, the you know, late '80s, early '90s. Um, she's mm-hmm. a Yale graduate, so I think she's wow. maybe on to <laughs> some bigger, brighter things. <laughs> bigger and brighter than the Goofy movie? Just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, very fun chatting with you guys and can't wait to have you back. Thank you, audience, uh, who are kind of going on this road trip of a podcast episode with us. Um, you can now thump some uh, songs like stand out and eye to eye uh hopefully they're on like spotify or apple music or something um i don't know were there any other powerline songs released (sighs) i think those are the two you're probably right uh i had tevin's page up tevin or tevin campbell um I don't uh, think he did any more work for for Disney after this. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about it more in an extremely goofy movie. Mm. Um, fun Ooh. fact, though, that movie was released on Leap Day in the year 2000. Oh, Whoa. all right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Uh, you guys want to plug anything before we sign off? I'm good today. I think I'm all right. good. We'll... Leave it at that. Listen back to our discussion on the Mitchells versus the Machines um, last week. Very good time also with Dawson and Jillian. And uh, find Thoughtcast on the various podcasting platforms, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, uh, Thoughtcast.com. You can find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Find Thoughtcast at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but other than that, we'll have a magical day. Have a wonderful week. Warm hugs. Warm hugs.